0: What you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is the mesh.
1: Hello, this is Chris from the Foot Candle Film Podcast. Are you interested in promoting your business to an online audience? Your ad could be right here. Consider advertising on the Mesh Podcast Network. Head over to the Mesh.tv for details.
2: Hello everyone and welcome to the forecast. We are your connection to the who's who in the game of golf. We hope to make you laugh, learn, and win and grow your golf IQ. I'm your host, Alan Burton, Director of Instruction at the Alan Burton Golf Academy at Lake Hickory Country Club in Hickory, North Carolina. I want to thank our listeners for joining us this morning. Find us on TheMesh.tv. And if you're interested in being a sponsor of our show, please reach out and email us at info at themesh.tv. For information on sponsorships. We're available on all your podcast platforms, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, and Google Play, so be sure to check us out on all of those podcast mediums. Uh, we're produced right here in Western North Carolina, and I cannot be more excited about the guests that I have today. Um, I've been very fortunate to know some of these guys. Some some not as long as as others, but I would say that this bucket list trip I got to enjoy to go play golf in Ireland with some of my closest buddies here recently. And I'm joined today by those guys that we journeyed across Ireland playing golf with together. And I want to thank you guys for joining us. And first of all, I want to introduce the, the man that put this whole thing together, my good friend from Nashville, Tennessee this morning, Mr. Van Fletcher. Van, thanks for joining us, man. How are you?
3: Doing well, Alan. Thanks for
2: inviting us to do this. Doing very well. Thanks. Good. I tell you, Van, you and I go back a long way, and um, we're not going to spend the whole show talking about our lives together, but it does have quite a history. And uh, I consider you one of my closest friends. Um, we have so much in common. We're golfers. We're passionate about the game. We're passionate about music. Uh, you being in the music career, you've, you, I've followed your career for a long time and just marvel at uh, all that you've succeeded with in the, in the music industry. So kind of tell us what happened to put this whole trip together, man, and, and how all these guys came together.
3: Well, first of all, Alan, thanks for the nice words. I, uh, uh, as Alan said, Alan, I've known each other a long time, probably 35 years ago when we were both a little bit younger and had a lot more hair. And, uh, <laughs> my, my first memories of Alan, uh, was was I was playing a golf course uh, near Charlotte, North Carolina. And that's back when uh, I I thought I was a pretty good golfer. And somebody behind me uh, kept hitting drives into our our foursome. And uh, I don't think they meant to. They were just hitting it so much farther than everybody else. And then once I finished the hole, I looked back to see uh, uh, what the approach shots looked like. And I kept seeing balls coming into the green. And and backing up about twenty or twenty five feet, which uh, told me that somebody really could could play the game of golf. And then uh, so uh, after the round, I, I met Alan. He had long hair like I did at that time, and and we just uh, uh, realized that we were both in the music business. I was I was managing a, a a record store for a company called Camelot Music, and and Alan was playing music and working at a music store, and and just playing golf like me whenever he could get out of, out of, out of work. And, uh, and then I saw Alan play in a band not too long after that and we just hit it off. And as Alan said, you know, we don't love a lot of things, but music and golf are two of the things that, that we, we did share a love of from from initially and, and we still do. And, uh, it's been a great, uh, experience watching Alan, uh, change his careers from music to, to his real passion for golf, te- te- teaching it over the years. And then I continue my music career, uh, which I've been doing now for almost 40 years and we've stayed in touch. And in the last few years we've gotten together and tried to get together at least a couple days a year to play golf and continue. And, and I started uh, telling Alan, um, uh, about uh, my travels in the music business and also uh, uh, golfing. And uh, one, of the, one of the friends that uh, went on this golf trip, uh, Steve McClanahan, is someone I met about 25 years ago through music, the music yeah. business. Uh, and I also uh, realized that he was someone that hadn't been playing golf long, but really got the love of the game like I did. So uh, and Steve and I were fortunate enough over the last 20 years to have traveled uh, out of the country a couple of times to play golf. Scotland, Ireland, we've gone to Pebble Beach, Scottsdale, various places uh, to play golf. And and I wanted to uh, take a couple of my friends, including Alan Burton, uh, out of the country and, and go play Ireland because it's one of the most special places I've ever been to. Not only to play golf, but just to, to travel around. So that's it's kind of how I go back with Alan a long way. I met Steve uh, uh, about twenty five years ago. There's a, another great friend of mine I've gotten to know over the last twenty years. Uh, his name is John Holmes, who uh, probably loves the game of golf and probably plays as much golf as anybody I've ever met in my life, uh, and and plays it because he loves it. He he loves the the the. The, the, golf, the, the golf itself, the camaraderie that comes with golf. And, uh, he's also a, a really good golfer as is Steve and Alan. So, um, it's been really a, uh, it was a pleasure putting this trip together. And, and even though Steve and John knew each other a little bit, uh, it was also great having uh, three of my best friends, uh, you know, just get to know each other and, uh, hopefully we'll be able to do this, uh, this uh, gathering again somewhere else or, or around the world or, or maybe even back in Ireland.
2: So. Yeah, well, Van, I, I tell you, you know what you've what you've done by bringing three passionate uh, golfing buddies of yours together to join you and go to Ireland has gonna it's going to create lifelong friendships for all of us, I'm sure. And uh, that's the magic of the game, and I mean, it's it's an amazing game that we as humans can all join in and play, and we play anywhere in the world, uh, with people you do or don't know. I mean, I was introduced to these other two gentlemen in the airport as we all joined this flight in Charlotte to go over to Ireland. First time I met them, but after, you know, 10 days hanging out with these guys and playing golf, I mean, they're, they're like, they're going to be lifelong friends for me. I'm sorry to say guys, you're not going to be able to get rid of me. So (laughs) that's kind of the magic of the game. And, uh, Let's reach out to Steve a little bit and kind of bring him into the conversation. Steve is is Van's 35-year buddy um, and and my brand-new friend for life. Tell us about what you do for a living and how you and Van kind of met.
0: Yeah, so um, again, Alan, I I, I appreciate you uh, um, getting us all back together again. I think this is the first time. I think we've been back for almost three weeks, and uh, this is the first time I think I've talked to – uh, any of you guys other than via tech. So it's, uh, I appreciate you doing this. Um, yeah, so I, I met van, um, back in, I think it was 1994. Um, so, uh, I was, uh, in the music business in a little different way than, than van. Um, I worked for a company, uh, called Anderson merchandisers and we distributed, uh, music. Um, and, uh, so, um, um, uh, Van and I basically did a lot of business together and then uh, um, uh, uh, developed into just a, you know, now a, a lifelong friendship. So, um, and, and Van, Van's probably the one person really responsible. I, I didn't start playing golf till I was 28 years old. Um, yeah. I recently celebrated my 60th birthday and I probably in the last 30 years have played more golf than, and, you know, I've made up for a lot of lost time, uh, but not playing as a kid, but I was, I love golf. I was just, um, I was a good bogey golfer, I think until I met van and honestly probably got my first real golf instructions from, from van. And, uh, um, um, ultimately now I've got you know down to a single digit handicap. So, um, so I actually enjoyed probably golf more just cause I can play a little bit better. And, uh, uh, but van was probably very instrumental. Um, uh, well no, no doubt was very instrumental in uh, helping with, with my golf game. So,
2: yeah, I was really impressed with with your story and how your golf has really progressed. And I think with with meeting a golfer like Van, and Van does this. So he brings people into the game. He brings people into uh, and he motivates people in a really special way. Van's motivated me a lot physically in my health categories that I'm I'm trying to address. I think thank Van a lot for that. Uh, he does that with people. He brings the best out of people. He he probably did that for your golf game he said hey look you you want to get better at golf here's how you do it this is what I did you know you got to work hard at things you want to be good at and that's kind of the neat trait that Van has uh, so his his artists that he represents in the music business are blessed because I know he's bringing the best out of them every day and uh, that's kind of what I was impressed with you is that Van said you know when you first met Van, you know, he said Steve was like a bogey golfer and wasn't really all that good. But he said, man, he started getting lessons, working on his game, and now he's single digit. Man, he's he's as good as we are. I said that's fantastic. Well, he signed us up
0: in some golf tournaments, and I was uh, had this uh, fear of failure and embarrassing him.
2: So uh, um, (laughs) he shamed you into getting better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Well, listen. Thanks again for joining us on the on the uh, on the podcast this morning. I know it's you guys are all busy, and this means a lot to me that you'll take a little time out uh, to talk about our trip. And let's bring this final guy into the fold here, Mr. John Holmes, also from Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, Steve, you're over in Alabama this morning, aren't you?
1: Is
2: that where uh, yes, you are I am. Today? I'm in Florence, Alabama. Florence, Alabama. So John's over in Nashville, and John, you know. Um, you guys, I guess you and Van met playing playing golf. It wasn't music that brought you guys together. It was kind of golf, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, Van and I met at, we were both members at Legends Golf Club in Franklin. Uh, he liked to play early in the morning. I liked to play early in the morning. Uh, we played with uh, one of the coaches for the Nashville Predators, the NHL team. And he and I started playing together, and he has van is one of those guys if he's got such a laid-back easy personality uh he's sneaky good at golf though i mean and that you got to watch your pocketbook in that regards but uh he is such a just such a truly nice guy i mean you just can't not like him um and so i've always enjoyed playing golf with him um over the years we played for quite a while i actually work for the parks department here in nashville and uh, I oversee all the revenue-producing facilities, which includes six golf courses that uh, are truly outstanding. Uh, we've had an incredible summer. It's been very hot, but uh, yeah, we put in the new uh, hybrid Bermuda Greens at three of them, and the results have been just incredible. Uh, but Van now, he likes to come out. Part of my job, I, I like to make it part of my job is about 6.30 in the morning, we'll head to the golf course ahead of anybody else. We'll get on a cart, and we'll get done in about two hours. Um, so I'm at work by 9 o'clock, and uh, that's after I pay him for losing uh, <laughs> in our little betting game. Uh, but uh, we play as often as he's in town. The problem is he travels too darn much. Yeah. So uh, that kind of hinders me because he's, he's a go-to guy when he's in town. I know I can get out in the mornings and play with him. So he and I truly love golf. And one of the things I enjoyed about this trip, I'm not a music guy at all. Not, I mean, I like music, but I listen to music. I mean, it's, I I have no music history or knowledge. Um, It was very enlightening to listen to each of you. And, you know, as you came up through music, And Ben, I've always known he was in the music business, but I learned a ton just being on this trip more about him, too. So, yeah, uh, overall, this was and and Ireland was one of those places uh, that I had always wanted to go. Um, So we we had a it it was an incredible time and I really enjoyed it. And like you said, now I've got two more lifelong friends that
2: uh, I can count on. So that's that's really neat yeah very very cool opportunity certainly with with music and with the game of golf you know this this trip brought a bunch of really uh common grounds together and um, and like van said, I think this will be something we'll want to do for many many years to come. so I just want to encourage the other golfers out there, our listeners to you know embrace this opportunity to get your buddies together and and go on a trip i mean it's uh, it's pretty common to go to Myrtle Beach and play golf. We've done that. Van and I have done that many, many times. Pinehurst, play some golf, get your buddies together, go. Uh, But if you can get yourself together and get out of the country and go to Ireland in particular, certainly I'm speaking from experience because I haven't been to Scotland, I haven't been to England. I've heard numerous stories, and I know some of you guys, uh, I know Steve and Van both have been to uh, Scotland Uh, as well as other countries. But you mentioned how Ireland was going to be a better time than Scotland. You said the weather's probably going to be a little better in Ireland. It's going to be a little colder in Scotland. Um, But you're, you're going to have opportunities to see some amazing golf courses. And the golf courses that we played, guys, were unbelievable. We played eight golf courses. Every golf course was on the ocean. And that's kind of what I want to get into now with the golf courses a little bit. You know, we played some amazing golf courses. Uh, Let's kind of go through the trip a little bit with our listeners and let them know. They can look some of this stuff up on the Internet and see these golf courses. Uh, We're going to start out. Van, you know, you put this trip together. You used uh, Pioneer Golf. We'll have to give them a little plug. I know they did a great job helping you coordinate this trip. But uh, you could not have really coordinated this trip better, Van, in terms of routing Uh, golf course selection, timing. Uh, So kudos to you for knowing how to put this trip together and really carving out a fantastic journey. So let's talk a little bit about that, van. I know with uh, you're always seeming to be the leader of the pack when it comes to putting these golf journeys together. Uh, Had you used Pioneer Golf before, or is this the first time for you using Pioneer Golf?
3: No, I, I had not used Pioneer Golf before. They've been around a long time. Uh, I had used uh, a couple of uh, when I when I went to Scotland and went to Ireland before I used two different companies um, for those trips and then Pioneer was uh, was somebody that I had just kind of read reviews of, checked them out for quite a while and uh, decide, and then I had conversations with uh, three different companies and, and chose them uh, for you know various reasons ease of getting in touch with ease of you know, quick response. Uh, the, pri- the price, obviously, does it. It's it's not it's not cheap. You know, going uh, anywhere to play golf, even in the United States, if you go to uh, uh, these resorts. Uh, so that that was part of it as well. So just different variables that I looked at before I, I chose Pioneer. And then once you know, one thing about going, especially to Scotland and Ireland and places like that, is is uh, they're very destination points for, for golfers. So you have to plan, you know, probably a year ahead, a year, maybe 10 months ahead yeah, to, uh, to, to do these trips. And, and then coordinating with, you know, with, with the friends that want to go and there's others that didn't want to go on this trip. Um, but doing a foursome or two foursomes or three foursomes is, is really the optimum way to go for, for, uh, to, golf and and for just accommodations and travel and all of that. So,
2: yeah. uh,
3: but basically what what I did was I I went to my uh, short list of people that I wanted, that I, that I knew I I could spend a week or a week and a half with uh, not only playing golf, but, but hanging with, which is important. And, uh, and, and I really started putting together a, a trip to Ireland just, just because I had gone there before uh, on business. I had done uh, at one golf trip about fifteen or sixteen years ago, and Steve was part of that. And it's a very easy country to to go to. They speak English. They, uh, the the destinations between golf courses are not that far away. The country's not that large geographically uh, anyway, uh, as Alan mentioned uh the the weather and the golf the weather's a little bit better the golf courses are, are generally always in wonderful shape because they do get a lot of rain uh and and the weather's warm enough to, uh for for the, uh, everything to grow that includes the fairways but it also includes the rough as we found out yeah but uh <laughs> but you know just uh, like i said trying to find the the right time of the year you want to go in the late spring summer uh, maybe early fall, uh, unless you do want to go and play in 40-degree weather, which I don't yeah. care to do. I, li- I like to play in 60-degree 60 weather, 65, 70. Uh, that's, that's comfortable for me, and uh, I know it was for the guys as well. So that's kind of how uh, we chose Ireland and, and how I came about choosing a, a company to help us. Uh, and you don't have to use companies, but if you've never been, it's it's really better to use them and pay the extra money to them to organize it to uh, make sure everything works really well, checking into the golf courses, the hotels. There's no snags with these companies. They're very professional and they're very connected and they know what they're doing. So Yeah,
2: absolutely. Well, we started our journey on a Saturday evening out of Charlotte. We boarded a plane. It was a a flight for you guys to come out of Nashville down to Charlotte, but we all joined into – you know, a single plane going over from Charlotte to Dublin and that's that's where we landed. You know, it was like a seven and a half hour flight over, I think, and with the time change there's a five hour difference in time from, from Eastern Standard Time and for you guys an additional hour on top of that for a total of six hours difference. But uh yeah, that's what we we probably recommend too if you're putting a trip together. Allow yourself a little bit of time once you land and get over there to acclimate yourself to that time zone and and maybe not get off the plane and go play your first round of golf you know right away so we we landed in dublin it was seven thirty that morning we got out of the plane out of the airport got a rental car pretty quickly and next thing you know we're on the wrong side of the road driving around in dublin so uh, van i want to tell you, you you did an amazing job driving by the way john you you did a good job when van let you drive and uh steve and i handled a good bit of the navigation, but. Uh, you know, that's the good thing about it. You can get the the Google Maps, get you around over there. I know Van mentioned having to have printed maps when you went over many, many years ago, and I can't imagine what that ordeal was like, trying to navigate those little roads, because those roads are not very wide. I thought at times, we were on a bicycle trail, and we're on a two-lane road where there's cars coming at you, you know, the other direction. You're like, whoa, whoa, and you know, it's just a new experience. You know, you're driving a car with the steering wheel on the right hand side, you're driving on the left hand side of the road and just a very unusual experience. But Van, you did a great job getting us around, man. We had no incidents, no parking tickets, no speeding tickets, and uh, we didn't hit anything. So that's just magnificent. <laughs> Good job, man. Um, so we get over there and, and we're seeing Dublin, you know, kind of our first day. i I, I was introduced to a little app in my phone from Van. It showed how many steps we took. And, guys, I calculated we walked over 70 miles playing eight rounds of golf. So that's how much walking we did. you got to be prepared to walk when you go over there, don't you guys? You're not really going to be taking carts a lot so uh that, that was a big well, deal Alan,
0: we, we we were doing what seventeen to seventeen thousand to twenty thousand steps a day oh yeah
2: yeah, I had twenty two thousand was my top day on steps, and that's about a little over eight miles uh per day. Um, you know, I had a little issue with my feet and I want to thank Steve for all the band aids that I robbed out of his band aid kit for uh, had it not been for your band aids man i don't know if I'd have made it because uh I probably used up a full box of your Band-Aids on my toes. They were pretty pretty bad after round two. Um, I, I did discover a little product in the pharmacies over there, the Compede. Uh, one of the caddies told me about it. You can put that over your blisters, and, man, without those doctored-up feet, I don't know how I'd have made it, man. Thank you much for the Band-Aids, Steve. <laughs> but uh, that, was, that was probably the biggest challenge for me because I hadn't played eight rounds of golf in a year, and I couldn't tell you how long, much less walked. 18 holes. Um, so I'm, I'm back into the rhythm there and, and really enjoyed that that whole process. But so we get out. We, we're we're walk, walking around Dublin. We're kind of getting the whole lay of the land there. We stayed in a beautiful little hotel there in Dublin on the first night. i um, like to send out a, a, a little thank you to Patty for uh, making sure, you know, all of our luggage got stowed correctly when we we first arrived at uh, I believe it was called Bush Bushwells Hotel there in Dublin, I'd like to recommend them. Great little place. Um, so after a first day of walking around and, and getting some nice dinner that uh that night, we went to sleep, got up the next morning and, and got in the car and drove. Uh we we headed southwest over to Killarney and um played the, the Dukes Golf Club on day one. So what was you guys' basic impression of Dukes Golf Club? We'll start with John. And, John, what did you, you think of Dukes?
1: Well, before we go to Dukes, I think you missed out on one of the highlights of our trip was the Guinness Tour. Oh, yeah. And, and having the Guinness, uh, the, the brewery was, a, was well worth the, the money to go in and visit it. But what was really outstanding that the, at the end of the tour, you get a free Guinness on at the rooftop bar that overlooks all of Dublin. It's all glass and just a phenomenal view of a very beautiful city that probably is growing as much as any city in the world right now. Uh, they have more cranes there than we have in Nashville, and Nashville's insane. so yeah, uh, but then going to Dukes, uh, being the only person to par the first hole, I really enjoyed the course right from the very beginning.
2: <laughs> uh, a very difficult hole, I might add. It and was straight into the wind, different. and the green might have been as big as uh, this table I'm sitting at right now.
1: It, it was pretty small. Uh, I got lucky and hit a pretty lucky shot. But uh, I, that was our first experience with the wind and the way the ball rolled. I mean, it, the difference in club selection, and, and I guess one of the things that I've told people when I got back here was, When you go over there, you need a caddy because caddies will tell you, you know, you might have 190 yards and I'm thinking bringing out a hybrid and he's saying, no, hit an eight iron. Uh, (laughs) And you're like, how how are you going to get an eight iron to go that far? And sure enough, it'll go where he says it'll go. So, uh, but I really enjoyed that course. I thought that, that was actually one of my favorite courses. Uh, So beautiful. That was our first exposure to the to the countryside and looking across the Bay at those Hills and the valleys. And, uh, it, yeah, that was, that sticks in my mind probably as much as anything. And then number 18 with those silly mounds guarding that green, that was, that's a heck of a finishing hole. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that course.
2: Yeah, I, I did too. I thought it was one of the more difficult golf courses that we played all week in terms of, uh, you know, the, the contours and the firmness of the greens uh, just coming, you know, shots coming into those greens were were very difficult. You had to really control the trajectory of the shot, the distance of the shot, and uh, quite a challenge. I, I enjoyed it as well. Uh, Van, what did you think of Duke's Golf Club to get the round started?
3: Well, I'd never played Duke's before, and I'd heard about it for, you know, since I was over there early, you know, about 15, 16 years ago. I really... Uh, it's, you know, one, one thing when you're choosing golf courses is that, um, almost every course that you end up playing are on the ocean or on a bay somewhere, as John said, but, uh, most of the courses are a little bit more wide open. Duke's is a little bit shorter, but man, it, it, it was very, very tough, very eye opening. And it kind of really introduces you to all of the different shots that you have to make uh, through, throughout all the courses in Ireland. And, uh, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was, it was well-designed, really tough, uh, you know, not necessarily that long. Uh, so you really had to, had to, uh, had to control, you know, your ball flight, as John said, and you had, you had to hit it straight, which is, you know, one thing you have to do on all those courses, you have to hit the fairways because when you don't, uh, you're going to make some big numbers. But but Dukes was a it, – it was a highlight, as he said, and it's, it is not one of the most famous courses over there, but I would definitely love to play it again.
2: Yeah. yeah it's one of the oldest courses I think they mentioned is over 125 years old, so one of the ten oldest golf courses in the entire country, so I thought that was pretty interesting. I, I don't know why I, I had an impression that Dukes might be a very – Easy start to the trip, but I was kind of uh, surprised that it was extremely challenging. So I would not say it was easy at all. Uh, and we played yardages that were 65 to 6600 pretty much every course we played. So we didn't play it all the way back, but we played it at a very good distance for our games. And like you, like you said, Van, if you didn't hit the ball in the fairway, you paid a severe price. You know, the, the hay, as they call it, uh, the thistle. Um, it's, it's, it's tough. I had, I had kind of dreams at night of walking in circles, looking down at that three foot tall, hay, looking for golf balls. I mean, we did it, did it a lot, but, uh, it was fun when you did find your ball advancing. It was a challenge and, uh, I loved it. Big, big time. So, uh, now Steve, you, we at Dukes, were we partners at Dukes day one? I can't remember. We were, we were. That's kind of what I thought. Did, did we come away with any cash at the, at the end of that day? No, we did not. Uh, um, we lost that
0: day, and then yeah. mostly because of me. And, and for whatever reason, I, I, I was dubbed the official scorekeeper, and I still have the scores right here in front of me. That was by far – you got no help from me that day. That was uh, one of my uh, – uh, well, I was certainly the high man that day. Um, and uh, so I think you just got the, the bad draw with the partner.
2: Well, I'm, I apologize for not being able to play a little better to help you, too. I, I don't play golf, so I teach golf. I think everybody knows that. So uh, I got an excuse. I don't ever play. Um, uh, so if I did anything good, it was by accident and simply not by, by practice or experience of playing the game. So uh, I would have to say that. But uh, I enjoyed you as a partner whether we win or lose, buddy. You, you fought hard, and I know that was – that was. Uh, what I was going to get every day from you is the best. You're going to fight hard. We, uh, we did battle a few times to victory, and I, and I will bring that up when that, that comes. If you got the scores there, you're going you let Van and, and John know when those days were and when we get to them. So, so the next day we, uh, we came back to our little beautiful hotel there in, uh, in Killarney, which was the Brook Lodge Hotel. And, and I would recommend Killarney as a nice hub for places to play over in Ireland. If you're looking to go and, and make this trip, consider staying several nights in Killarney. It was a great little town. Do you guys enjoy it? John, what did you think of Killarney?
1: Uh, that was probably my favorite place to stay. I loved the little lodge. Uh, the, Willie, the bartender, was awesome. And being just a block off High Street where we could walk over at the end of the day and Get dinner and we went one night listen to music um they had shops down there that's where i did all my souvenir shopping For the ice light. cream
2: ice uh, cream john ice cream ice
1: cream ice cream we did have several several good ice cream because you at the end <laughs> of a long day of golf and having a good dinner and drinking a little wine and having a few guinness then you top it off with an
2: ice cream everything's good yeah man and uh, and good uh, and good jewelry store there to buy a few gifts to bring back home to the ladies I know you and I got into the jewelry store one evening there in Killarney and and brought back a couple of gifts and uh maybe even into the uh the department store there what was the name of that department store that we went into that had everything the sweaters was that Quills was it Quills, Quills.
1: Yeah, good memory. Yeah. Yes, very yeah. good. Quil-
2: Quills has everything. We were told by the hotel, that hey, yep, <laughs> Quills has got it. Steve, did you well, did you ever three secure your stores. Yeah. What's that?
1: There were actually three different stores. One was just all wool items. Yeah. And then souvenirs and then there was a jewelry store. So yeah, they 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 had the whole market covered.
2: Steve was on a mission to find some uh, uh extremely high quality uh, Irish linens to bring back. And he was told that quills had them. Steve, I think quills was probably what not, not, uh, not stocking those items at the time. They, 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 they,
0: they were not, uh, again, it was very high, high end linen and, uh, they had some very quality linen, but, uh, what my wife was, uh, um, wanting was, uh, they did not carry, but was able to find it, uh, online and, uh, um,
2: get her taken care of. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that because you had you had probably as much of a trauma to deal with as anybody could ever expect on this journey. I know I came out of the uh, of the room one evening after showering, ready to go to dinner, and, and the look on your face when you explained to me what had happened was was scary, man. You said to me, "My life just changed in the last few minutes," and your wife had a traumatic accident while we were in ireland you want to tell us about that a little bit i know you've had your hands full as a result of that
0: yeah so i think it was um day six of of our trip um um we we had played golf uh we were uh was downstairs waiting to uh uh to go to dinner and i get this text from her uh that she had fallen it was an emergency please call and uh So as I called, um, someone answered her phone, which happened to be one of our neighbors. She had fallen, um, rescuing our new puppy. Uh, We live on uh, Lake Wilson. And uh, she had fallen, um, slipped off the steps, um, fell, uh, uh, broke her ankle, severely broke her ankle, uh, compound fracture, um, and... uh, um, uh, so she had she had surgery the next day uh, for uh, her broken, severely dislocated ankle, and uh, so yeah, that was uh, was a was a bit traumatic, and and certainly um, I think that day and the next day uh, my my golf probably suffered. I probably wasn't uh, um, um, my head probably wasn't with um, with you guys as much playing golf, but I do appreciate you guys helping me get through that because it was very very difficult, very, uh, hopeless feeling, um, um, not being able to be there for my wife. And, yeah. uh, uh, but fortunately her mother got there, uh, within, um, a few hours and, um, uh, told me to, uh, enjoy my, my, my last three days and I could take over for her when, uh, when I got back, which is what I've done for the last couple of weeks. So, yeah. so her prognosis is good. She's just, um, She's on a on a scooter. Uh, still can't put any weight on her ankle, but uh, um, hopefully she's on the road to recovery. But uh, yeah, it was uh, um, not not a good text to get that kind of got kind of news. But fortunately, she was. Uh, it probably could have been a lot worse, and she's doing much better now. So thanks for yeah. asking. That.
2: Well, absolutely. We're all we were all concerned. You know that that's a very serious uh, injury, and I saw you know some of the text photos that you sent of her. Uh, scars and so forth after surgery and I, i'm really want to extend our our best to her and all the recovery that she's going to be going through here over the next several weeks and and to you as well it's a serious situation so we were just having a good golf trip time and i was concerned that uh you know maybe that you were going to have to fly home or or deal with that unfortunately she was kind enough to let you stay and hang out with us but uh that that was terrible certainly um probably the only blemish on the trip for sure you know we had such a good time but um, moving on to the next day you know we we got to uh, play a really interesting golf course I thought Tralee was day two we went up to uh, kind of the uh, I guess it was uh, a little bit more westerly and a little bit more Northwest to get to Trailhead, an Arnold Palmer design course. I think Van, you and Steve had played up there before on your your journey to Ireland earlier. Is that
3: correct? Uh, yes, we'd played there before, and and I think I don't know if it was the first one or the only only course that Palmer had designed over there, but yeah, but uh, just a really okay. beautiful was this
0: first arch- first uh, course design outside the U.S. Um, okay. Yeah, and, uh, and just beautiful golf course,
3: beautiful terrain. Uh you know, great uh d- just a great experience. I really enjoyed it before and, and uh uh really had a really had a good time up there.
2: Yeah, I think our weather was spectacular uh there at Trelee. I don't think we got a drop of rain that day. I think the weather in general for our entire trip was great. We had some days better than others, but I, I remember Tralee being somewhat normal winds, maybe some fifteen to twenty gusts but not severe and 62 to 64 degrees is pretty warm um and sunny you know for the most part during the entire day would you guys agree that that was one of our better weather days at trilly
0: oh for sure alan and 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 the and, and our scores reflected it um our average scores that day was an 81 um our average scores while we were there were 84s um, so we were three shots better than our average. That was our lowest average round day. And I think you're right. I think it was the golf course, the conditions,
2: um, uh, were probably the best that we had during the trip. Yeah. And it was before my blisters too. I think the blisters kind of took place on day two. So, uh, a little, fresh, you know, and early in the trip, I think I shot what 79 was my, was that what I shot? Van shot 76. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I, that's
0: what I'll always say I had a 76 that day. Uh, you had a 79 that day.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the weather and just the freshness, the early part of the week, and, and the golf course itself uh, led to some really good scoring. So, that kind of is a testament to, uh, to our ability if we're not playing in some gale force winds. Alan? Yes, John. We do need to point out that that was the first example of a course where
1: if you tend to miss the fairway, Not everyone shot a good score that day.
2: Um, We we weren't going to say anything, John. (laughs) I know,
1: know, but I I think the listeners need to know that this was an example of a course that if you, well, all the courses there, if you miss the fairway, it's really hard to make a par. Yeah. And uh, I had a lot of trouble making pars that day.
2: Yeah. Yeah, getting the ball in in the short grass is certainly the key over there, and and it's not about how far you hit it, is it? Really, it's it's just getting it no. in position. Yeah. Well, I hit plenty in the hay myself, so I, I can attest to that. Um, finding the ball would be the first challenge, and the second challenge once you did find. And caddies were, I thought, amazingly good at helping us find golf balls that were hit out of position, and. Uh, What was interesting, I think somebody else mentioned this too, is we didn't find a lot of other golfers' golf balls when we were looking for our own. You know, usually you're looking for a ball, you find two or three others, but we didn't find a lot of other golf balls. So apparently the caddies are good at helping players find balls and they're just not left laying there in the hay, you know? But uh, so after Tralee, we we come back to the hotel, we get up the next day and we travel a little bit uh, further away from the hotel for day three. And... I have to mention this course as being one of my visual favorites is Old Head Golf Club in the very southern tip of, of Ireland down near Cork. Uh, what do you think of that one, John, you know, in particular? What about Old Head for you?
1: Well, it, it had several uh, special memories for me. One, we shared uh, my spreading of my, my mom's ashes there. Cause she yep. was Irish and that was something that uh, I appreciate y'all sharing that experience with me. Um, but that's the course since I've been back, that's the one I tell everybody go online, go to their website and hit that fly overview. It, it was the most spectacular four and a half hours, five hours of just visual impact that I've had in my life. It, it was, it, it was amazing. Yeah, um,
2: I, I'd have to agree with you there, sir. Of
1: course, and and really a lot of fun to play.
2: Yeah, and, and with uh, Steve, tell us a little bit about that experience as well with Old Head. How did you feel about Old Head?
0: Well, uh, you know, that was one of our longer drives from Killarney, and it was a very difficult drive, if you remember, with the weather. Um, yeah. Even as we were pulling into Old Head, you could not really see uh, very far in front of you. And in fact, as as we got there, um, they were telling us that we may be delayed for a bit because uh, they were only allowing members, as the members obviously knew their way around and could basically play in the uh, in the what was a very dense fog, uh, and and I remember when we got to the driving range, um, you literally could not see, you know, ten yards in front of you. By the time we finished our little warm-up session, it was like the fog lifted. And by the time we got to the first tee, the sun was out. And it was just spectacular. And to John's point, it's probably the most incredible vistas you'll ever see on a golf course anywhere in the world. I just can't imagine there being better views where you're several hundred feet up on this peninsula, the whole golf course, uh, with the views. So it's just spectacular.
2: Yeah, it, it was almost as though the whole ceremony of, of John spreading his mother's ashes on the first tee raised the fog for us to play. And that, that's what I wanted to mention is that the, the timing of that and, and the, the uniqueness of that whole experience, man, and it was just wow moment for me and uh, i'll never forget it for sure. it was
0: I, and i'm so fortunate that we got to share that with john i still as he was sharing that story i, I had sort of forgotten about that and then i got the chill bumps back again um from yeah. that moment so um that's something john i very much uh uh so so appreciative that we could be a part of that with you so
2: thanks yeah. to each of you yeah and and i know van um van played pretty well there i believe it was van low at uh old head what was look at the scores there steve and tell us Yeah, man he was had an 83 that day yeah and it was i i really struggled with driving the ball accurately enough that particular day although i had some moments where i played some good holes i just didn't play my best at old head and i don't know if it was just absolutely enamored with the scenery Uh, and I couldn't focus on playing golf, and it was just that spectacular. You're standing on cliffs that drop 300-plus feet to the ocean. You're walking down pathways that are about six yards away from these drop-offs. Just the entire day was spectacular. And I have to mention our caddies there, one of the only days, as we had caddies every day, but it was the only golf course that we played where the caddies actually put both golf bags on their back and had no pull carts. They carried the golf bags. These guys were 65-plus years old carrying two golf bags on an incredibly hilly golf course. I was impressed. Those were some rugged Irish dudes. Uh, I can't say enough about the caddies and the efforts that they put into helping us find balls and walk hills, and it was spectacular. But, uh, yeah, I think the first the first scenery that I realized, because, you know, the fog, we drove in, we didn't see the scenery that much at all driving in, but when we came from the first green toward the second tee box, you guys remember that walk yeah. around the corner and oh, yeah. the caddy said, Oh, you haven't seen anything yet. And then, and then it hit me van. What, what was your feeling walking down the number two fairway at old head and looking at that ocean to the left?
3: Well, I had been, I had been there before. So, you know, I, I, re- I remembered. Some of it, of course, it was, I think, 16 years ago. But Old Head, to me, I've been very fortunate to play uh, Pebble Beach several times over the last 25 years. And as as I've told people, Pebble is beautiful. And, 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 and like someone said, the first time I played Pebble, I don't really remember playing golf. I remember the walk. I remember the views and just the feeling of of uh, of playing that course. And then Old Head is, as, as I think other people have described, is Pebble Beach on steroids because it is. Mm-hmm. As Steve said, the the cliffs, the views, just the the beauty of the the flowers and all the vegetation is just very very colorful. It's almost like you know walking, you know, a golf course in a garden or, or in a uh, a nursery. You know, just all these different vegetation and colors. That's what I. I love about old head it's it's a really good golf course you know just as a golf course but then you've got the ocean surrounding you've got all the vegetation and the beauty of it you've got a lighthouse up on the hill that is always visible um it's just it's just a beautiful piece of land it's probably one of the beautiful prettiest places i've ever been in my entire
2: life and, uh, and, and I know you I would, and I shared a moment in in the yeah. second fairway as we were walking down the fairway. I I hit a pretty good tee shot there, and I just remember feeling accomplished that I'd hit that shot into the short grass. You know, early in the round, and then you and I eye to eye. I think you you looked at me in in, in such a way that was like, "This is what I was telling you about." You know, it was like you were telling me, "This is why I wanted to bring you over here." Are you glad you're here? And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I said, my God, this is the most amazing thing I've ever experienced as a as a golfer. Um, and I, I want to thank you for, you know, this trip, but also for that moment. It was just incredible. Um, but, yeah, it was just like Van looked at me and that smile that comes across Van's face when you know. You, you It was like hearing a band for the first time that Van had told you about. Yeah, I was right, wasn't I? I was right, wasn't I? This is good, huh? So that was that was quite a moment, for yeah. sure. Um, so, you know, after Old Head, it's kind of hard to think that we could top that, you know. But then we go the next day to one of the f- most famous golf courses by name uh, in Ireland, and it's world-famous Bally Bunyan. We drive about an hour or so up north and play Bally Bunyan. You know, I enjoyed Bally Bunyan as much as, as some of these other golf courses. I probably played a little better. Maybe that's why I enjoyed it a little more, but... Um, to hear the history of the town, um, you know, there's a statue erected of Bill Clinton. We all got a photo there with a statue of Bill Clinton. I'm not sure what he did for the town of Bally Bunyan other than go there and play golf. But uh, apparently they, they thought it was important enough to erect a statue. Um, but I, I had a great time there. What do, you, what do you think about Bally Bunyan, Steve? I mean, give us some insight there with the scores. How do we, how do we fare at Bally Bunyan as a golf group? was um, um, our our
0: second lowest round on average was at Valley Bunyan. I think our weather was pretty good there yeah um, it was great uh, and, uh, and and we were all very pretty consistent that day um, in fact it probably the uh, most consistent were our scores that day were all between eighty and eighty five so um, yeah. but uh, yeah, spectacular place i mean again, I think to your point it's um, you know, when, a, a lot of people have heard of Bally Bunyan, um, and uh, it's certainly one of the more famous golf courses uh,
2: in Ireland or Northern Ireland. So, Yeah, by name. I think Tom Watson had brought Bally Bunyan to the limelight a little bit when he won an open championship and mentioned in his, his uh, award ceremony, as he was getting the claret jug, he mentioned – if you have not been to Bally Bunyan, you have not played golf. You have not seen golf. So uh, they, they've adopted Tom there. I saw a poster in one of the local retail stores downtown that said, Welcome home, Tom, you know, with a picture of Tom Watson. So uh, Bally Bunyan really embraced him and adopted him as well as, as President Bill Clinton, which I thought was pretty fun. Uh, but uh, Bally Bunyan was special for me. I enjoyed my caddy. He had We had a mutual friend. Uh, a golf instructor friend and uh with the exception of him accidentally w- w- you know trying to get away with my rangefinder at the end of the day it was it was a spectacular <laughs> day but I did I did get to the caddy shack and and retrieve my rangefinder it was it was an honest mistake I'm sure so I had to mention that but uh you know after that after going uh, through the through the round we got over to a special little bar John tell us about that little deal why did we go over and have a drink at the bar uh, after Bally Bunyan round, what was that all about?
1: Well, one of the groups that I play with regularly out at Franklin, uh, they had been to Ireland about eight, either eight or twelve of them had been to Ireland about two weeks before us, and uh, that's where they stay. There's a little lodge right across the street from the driving range there at Bally Bunyan. Yeah, and there's a uh, uh, bar in there, and Dermot is the bartender Yeah, and uh, a good friend of mine here, Scott Hickman, he's an attorney here in town and he loves going over to Ireland. And I think he, I think that's an annual trip for him. Him and Dermot are good buddies. And uh, so he told us we had to go see Dermot and have a drink with Dermot. So we get over there and the place is empty. And I asked the lady at the front desk, you know, is Dermot working? And I guess Dermot does a couple things because he was out doing something with the rooms or something. (laughs) <laughs> but he came in there and uh, we all had a Guinness or uh, I know I had a Guinness. I'm not sure what everybody, you might've had a Heineken, yeah. uh, but we all had a Guinness with, uh, with Dermot there at uh, the lodge and uh, they had the uh, Irish whiskey up there on the shelf, but I think it was like uh hundred and ninety, $200 a bottle. So we, we just, we, decided to stick with, we stuck with the, uh, the Guinness on that
2: day. Yeah. So Steve was telling us a little bit about that, uh, about that Irish whiskey. I think what was the scoop on that? Steve it was pretty special stuff there that they
0: It really was. I think it was Middleton. Correct. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: correct.
2: Yeah. Of it. yeah. Pretty interesting. A lot, of, a lot of great uh, alcoholic beverages uh, there, but I, nothing more prominent in, in all of the establishments where, where uh, libations are consumed is is the uh, is the Guinness. I mean, it's just everywhere. And uh, man, I, I wish I had bought stock in Guinness after seeing that because that that is an amazing presence there in, in Ireland for sure. Um, so next day, you know, we we get out of uh, Ballybunion with a beautiful drive, and Van took us on a journey. Uh, up the coast there, uh, out of Bally Bunyan. I don't know if you guys remember that, but the the cliffs and the road back was spectacular on the way back from Bally Bunyan after we got out of the out of town there. And then the next day, which was Friday on our trip, we we drove about an hour and, a, and fifteen minutes or so up to Waterville Golf Links. I remember that drive was where we came up the little country road and ran up on the two bicyclists bicyc- there, you know, in the in the fog in the rain driving up that little. Rode through the uh, through the countryside. There, it was a pretty spectacular uh, little countryside road. And here, are these two bicyclists trying to ride their bicycles. They must have been, I don't know, fifteen miles from civilization. It seemed. In the, here, we come upon two two little folks on a bike trying to ride. You know, it was a pretty spectacular ride. In and the
1: wind was blowing and the rain was raining. Yep. and it was basically a mountain pass that they were. Pedaling over,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looked like you'd need to be a goat to make your way up the road, and here they were on two bicycles. But uh, it was about ten feet exactly. wide. Yeah. So, what is your overall impression, uh, Van, of of Waterville? Anything in particular that sticks out in your mind about that particular day? Well, Waterville is just a great layout. I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a golf
3: course that's probably a little bit if you if you play a Lynx course in the U.S uh Waterville. is probably a little bit closer to to the U.S. Lynx course than than any other ones that we did play. Uh, so in that in that aspect, uh, it's a little bit uh, I want to say easier visually for me anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had played it before, although it was a long time ago. And uh, but it's and it's also really there's a lot of water, uh, a lot of beach surrounding the, the, that course probably as much or more than anywhere else except for old head uh yeah. but i just think it's a beautiful piece of land
2: you know no uh, question i mean in the in the ocean is obviously bordering the majority of fairways it didn't seem to have didn't it, to me it didn't seem to have the elevation above the sea uh as much as maybe old head obviously but uh it was it was closer you were closer to the beach and closer to the ocean on a lot of those holes yeah, so you're, you're just looking
3: at the beach as you're playing most of the courses and again it's it's it probably an easier course to walk than than some of the ones we had done earlier in the week for sure, which was nice because that was the fifth day of of playing golf and, and, and walking as as you guys were saying 18 20,000 steps a day. So yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Waterville is just a just a really beautiful, nice uh, nice day on the on the
2: links for sure. No, I highly agree, and yet yeah, was as much as I enjoyed playing five days in a row. It was certainly nice to know, hey, we got a day off Saturday. I'm going to get to rest these blistered toes a little bit. And uh, again, just kudos to your engineering of the trip, Van, because five rounds in a row and then a nice day off was a welcomed uh, a welcome day. So we drive oh, on uh, Saturday. Van takes us all the way up from Killarney, kind of. On the main freeways pretty much all the way uh, up north and we we have to change our uh, change our uh, our coinage we know we're going from euros up to up to the northern part of Ireland where they use pounds for the the currency and that was an interesting uh, change so we go up to Newcastle and we spend five hours or so maybe six in the car uh, nice, comfortable journey, looking at the countryside, and, and that was a fun day. We get all the way up there, and we find out we're staying in this place that looks like a castle. And uh, we stay at this place called the Slave Donard Resort and Spa, a four-star facility. Um, I, I was blown away to see this place. How about you guys? Van, what did you think of Slave Donard? Have you ever stayed there before, or is this your first time in that uh, hotel?
3: I had never stayed there before. Usually the hotels you stay in are are small, not a whole lot of rooms. I knew when I was booking this trip that uh, obviously I checked everything out online, as you can do now. And I I knew it was was beautiful. It's a big hotel, had a lot to offer. As you said, Uh, I did not realize that it was basically a few steps from the golf course that we were going to play the next day. So that was that was a, a a nice surprise, but uh, it, it was and and the hotel also had air conditioning, which most yep. hotels do not have uh, over in Ireland or or anywhere else in that in the UK. So uh, yeah, just a beautiful place, and uh, uh, it was uh, it, it was even better visually when we got there and looked at it than it looked online for sure. So
2: uh, yeah, my roommate for the. For the two night stay there at the Slave Donner was Captain Steve, and that, that's where I got into his Band Aid stash a little bit. But uh, what do you, what do, you, what are your thoughts, Steve? I think you and I both sh- shared uh, a couple of comments about the the bathroom and the showers in particular. But man, was that shower not an amazing experience it, in I, that I, hotel? I you, t-
0: uh, have, having been fortunate to to be in Ireland, have been in Ireland before, in Scotland and and England. I have, I have just, and, and other parts of Europe, um, what you tend to find when you're, as Van touched on, you know, the, the rooms tend to be very small. Um, this was not the case, um, in, uh, where we were staying. Uh, the other, other thing to your point, Alan, is that I had never felt that kind of water pressure anywhere I'd ever been in Europe before. <laughs> so, uh, um, it was, uh, um, I think to Van's point it was a, a pleasant surprise, and the, like I said, the accommodations there were just first class. So it was uh, um, a perfect place to stay with the golf course we were going to play the next day. You know,
2: it's just exactly. incredibly, exactly. And and John, I know you roomed with Van. Anything in particular happened over in your guys' room that was was worth mentioning? Uh, I enjoyed
1: the air conditioning. That was yeah. nice. Uh, yeah. There were you know it, while it's cool over there, it still doesn't cool off a whole lot at night, and so all the rooms had fans, which were nice, but having a little air conditioning was a nice thing that that was true i mean it was a four star resort yeah um and it it was truly uh top notch it was it was very nice and their breakfast was awesome so and that yeah. was one of the things i I enjoyed at all of our the places that we stayed.
2: Each one of them had just incredible breakfasts. So Yeah, you guys, were, you guys did, did a lot of uh, damage on the smoked salmon uh, con- uh, quantity over there, I think. Smoked salmon was pretty good in, in the breakfast bar over there, wasn't it?
1: Well, Steve definitely liked the smoked salmon.
2: <laughs> no question. We'll put some, had it put at, some, at least once a day put some smoked salmon away for sure um i mean just in general the food i thought was spectacular a whole trip you know fresh seafood every night if if that's what you wanted and uh i think everybody was pleasantly pleased with with all of our uh, all of our food so after uh after a nice night stay there and uh we get up on sunday we get to play one of the best golf courses in the world i think um on our trip you know we had Again, so well-planned. Sunday afternoon, we got to sleep in a little bit Sunday morning and played Sunday afternoon. Uh, Steve and I got to head over to the to the golf shop early and do our shopping. That's where I spent the most money. Steve, I don't know about you, but I spent some coin over there in the golf shop there at uh, Royal County Down. I uh, hurt the bank account a little bit. And um, what a great experience that was. I mean, we're in a golf shop in the number one golf course outside the united states ranked by golf digest in 2018 i believe royal county down and we're in the golf shop and it was the golf professional assistant and just you and i it was like we had a private showing of of the entire inventory of their golf shop what an experience what did you think about that
0: oh it was it was like i said it was it was spectacular one obviously uh um, this was probably the the most famous golf course that we were going to play during our trip, and and to to get there, and um, I, I think that morning, I think that the course was only open to members. That's the reason that we that's didn't right. see anybody there. Um, and uh, that's where I had that's where I had saved all the the gifts I was bringing back for our other buddies and so forth. That's where I was going to uh, uh, to do it. So it was an incredible experience there to be able to almost have, a, um, sort of, a, you know, a private shopping experience and one of the, you know, best golf courses, um, in the world. So, um, yeah. and, uh, uh, it was spectacular by, by far. um, uh, uh, I, I am, I am Irish and I had always been looking, uh, for places in Ireland to, uh, to have my wife spread my ashes someday and, and clearly, uh, what I found there at Rural County Downs, that's that's where I would want part of my uh, my ashes to be at some point. So, spectacular well, yeah. place.
2: No, I agree with you. I think it was a really magnificent experience and just started off so spectacular with that private showing of the golf shop. They had one of the best golf shops in terms of inventory, selection, um to me I'm, I'm kind of picky when it comes to shirts and apparel and items and they just had the color schemes that I like and yeah I, I went a little overboard there in the golf shop but I tell you I have no regrets that place was amazing and the golf course was just as spectacular um you know we started off I had, had a couple of really good caddies I knew Neil was was the caddy that I was using that day and um uh, you know, gave us good good advice in, in general. I remember one experience on the back nine where I hit a tee shot I thought was pretty much on the recommended line, and we never found the ball. But the, for the most part, you hit it where they told you to hit it, you were going to find your golf ball in a good spot um so
1: alan they didn't know how far you could hit the ball that was the problem
2: well i think that's probably maybe a little bit it i actually hit after the whole day he didn't think i could hit it that far and i finally hit one in the center of the club face and that's what happened right i'd been you, you skanking it all day and, and it caught one solid and it went a little further than he thought i was capable of hitting it probably but uh that's that's what i would think happened um, but yeah it was a spectacular day i mean i did drive on the little short par four there coming in i I hit a driver and it rolled right over the center of the green on a par four and uh felt like a little a little bit of a unfortunate situation but uh hey what are you what are you going to do you know hit the shot I meant to hit and actually drove it over a par four green so that was one of my highlights of the trip for for me um so what, do you, what are your main takeaways from Royal County down, guys? I know we all took a picture there on the Ninth Fairway, which is a pretty spectacular vista looking down over that uh, uh, hotel, the town. I mean, that picture was just amazing as we're looking behind us. The the ocean, the mountains in the background, I think is called the uh, Mourn Mountains. And uh, that was one of my very favorite pictures of the whole trip was the four of us standing on that Vista looking back. What, will that go down in, in your mind, John, Is one, one of the moments of the trip?
1: Definitely. That, that picture in particular, and, and I, can, I don't have it pulled up on my phone, but, yeah, that's, that was one of the best pictures we took. I guess what I would say, just real quickly, we were so fortunate. The first five days, it would rain, but it wouldn't rain while we played golf uh, Royal County Downs was our first experience where we actually had to put on rain suits and and we got a little bit of rain with the game, but not enough to make it uncomfortable. It, It was a, it was to me, the perfect exposure to the elements. And that course was just so spectacular. And like you said, the, the views were, were outstanding. So no, that, that was one of my, that was one of my favorite days.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yvonne um, in particular what do you what are your thoughts about Royal County down? I know you played it before did it uh, did it exceed your expectations uh, from your memory from the previous time well I, I actually that is
3: one that I had not played before oh okay um, i've just always heard of it, and obviously it's as you said it's ranked as the the number one course outside of the u s and has been that way on and off for a long time uh, my um, looking back on that course. Uh, as I've done uh, several times since we left, uh, it was it was one of those courses that every hole was uh, had its own kind of look and feel and it was uh, it, it was on the coast, but it was a lot hillier than I thought it was going to be the The rough the the vegetation and the and the flowers and and weeds and the rough were all colorful probably the hardest rough, I guess because I hit in it several times, but probably the hardest rough to, uh, to hit a ball out of once you hit it in uh, that, that I, we played over in Ireland. Yeah, and, But it was just beautiful. It was spectacular. I did not play well that day, but I really enjoyed the round of golf, uh, e- even not playing very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not an easy thing to do with golf sometimes, but for that course – uh, just because of the beauty of it and, and the the way that they designed the, the holes. And I, this course was designed, I'm sure, a hundred and some years ago. Uh, just absolutely beautiful. I will definitely, that's one I definitely want to go play again. There is some uh, local knowledge involved and just the sidelines. Uh, as you say, Alan, you just want to see it again. You want to play it again uh, and get another chance at it. Um, yeah. Just beautiful course, beautiful piece of land and, and
2: just uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah I I feel very fortunate to have the opportunity to play it for sure because it's I mean it's it definitely has to be on your on your list if you're going over there. Um, You know we had good caddies that day I think pretty good Uh, they've been doing it a long time I think the guy I had was Neil he mentioned being a caddy there for 26 years or so but started when he was a very young man because he wasn't an older guy he was kind of in his 30s, upper 30s, but uh, he'd been doing it a long time since he was a little boy. And uh, that was that's always enjoyable. They give you pretty good information if they've been doing it that long. Um, but uh, just in particular, a really special day to be out there with you guys on that golf course. And I'll never forget it. That picture on, on number nine just kind of brings it all all home for me every time I look at it. So never forget it. So then we get uh, we get the opportunity the next day to go over to the Island Club. And I believe it was Monday's round Island Club. We had to check out of the Slave Donnered and head back down to Dublin, uh, and we checked back into Buswells down there in, in Dublin. And um, the Island Club was really kind of out there a little bit. I, I was uh, impressed. It was very similar in in a lot of ways, but uh, you know you know as the as a trip kind of goes into the back or, or to the rear of my mind, um, one of the things that sticks out about the Island Club was the fact that we played eight straight par fours on the front nine without seeing a par five or a par three, which is very unusual, and uh, that sticks out a little bit. I think I hit the ball pretty well at the Island Club. I had a very good young caddy, and uh, one of my better ball-striking days, still not a great scoring day, but I think I hit the ball pretty well for the most part that day. So that sticks out a little bit for me. Uh, But but the unusual course layout was kind of the the thing for me. Finished up on number nine was a par three, but I've never played a golf course with such an unusual layout with, with eight straight par fours. Does that stick out in you guys' mind as being pretty unusual? Van, what are your thoughts there?
3: Yeah, I've I played a lot of golf. I've never, I've never played a course that started out with eight par fours. I didn't even really realize it e- either because I hadn't hadn't really looked over the scorecard. But uh, very interesting. I, I really I enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's not one of the higher higher ranked golf courses over there, but I thought it was a good test and uh, and and fun to play and yeah. and actually. For the I think seventh round of golf that we were playing, not, not a hard course to walk. Which, uh, as we've talked about a couple of times, you know, you, you do an, a lot of walking in a short period of time over there, and uh, and it's, it was a good course for the back end of the trip. I thought absolutely, and uh, and Steve, any
2: particular memories you have of uh, of the Island Club? Anything you want I, to share? I, I think I think it probably
0: was our our. Um, um, the combination of wind and rain that day was probably is probably the worst conditions we played in. I know a couple of you and Van played pretty well. John and I really struggled there. Um, uh, but I, I just, that was, um, you know, we, we had dealt earlier in the trip with, as John said, we really didn't have rain elements to deal with but we dealt with wind. this was the first time that we actually had the combination of, of wind and rain, yeah. uh, and 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 honestly, probably because mostly because of John and I scores, it was our by far by almost two shots our our highest average score day. We, we our averages were eighty eight that day. Now John and I were in the nineties. Uh, obviously, Van and Allen played much better, uh, but I, I think the conditions sort of contributed to the to the higher scores that day.
2: Yeah, I remember in particular that's where I lost my umbrella. That's where the wind kind of flipped the umbrella out for me. So uh, I left my umbrella there at the Island Club as a result yep. of that. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think using an umbrella over there is a bit of a challenge, and I'd probably recommend don't even bother because if you're gonna, if it's going to rain, just put your rain gear on. The wind is going to take that umbrella and just make it a, a nightmare to keep up with. And uh, I, th- I think as the wind blows over there, it's probably tough to use an umbrella. But, uh, anyway, that's my advice. But uh, moving on to the very last day of our trip, I know uh, for me I was exhausted uh, but still ready to play another day, and I remember bandaging up my toes there. I didn't even get a chance to hit balls on the range that particular morning for the final day, but uh, our last day at Port Mornick was kind of special for me in that one of my golf students, Elliot Grayson, had just been over and played uh, the British Am there Uh, this year and he had given me some insights to the golf course from his experiences and shared with me one of the holes had a fairway it was like 14 yards wide so I remember that particular hole specifically for myself because I actually did hit a driver in the fairway and and paced out the fairway where my ball was was like six or seven yards wide so I felt pretty accomplished in that I hit the fairway for a change and it was a very small one. Um, But what are you guys' thoughts here? I'm going to talk to John for a second and just get his insight to our final day at Port Marnock. What were your thoughts, John?
1: Well, by then my my golf elbow had pretty much (laughs) was taking its toll on me, but it was impressive to watch you hit the ball. I mean, you know, you say you're a teacher and you don't play much and haven't played much, but this was an example of where – after playing that many rounds, your game really started coming on. And, and that, it, I think, was that the course that had the most narrow fairway in Ireland? Is that what they said?
2: Yeah, and, that's what I think it was touted as being the narrowest fairway. Yeah. In Ireland, and in did, Europe.
1: You hit it right in the middle of the fairway. Yeah. Um, it was fairly impressive. Uh, the, the entire experience was just incredible to me. Uh, but the thing that, Is very true, and I'll remember for forever. Is if you hit it out of the fairway, it's really, really hard to make a par. Uh, It's really hard to make a bogey, to be honest with you. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: And the more I struggled with that, the worse it got. So it it was uh, it was an awesome experience. But yeah, Port Marnock was a beautiful course.
2: Yeah, and and with um, and Steve, I think to mention. You know, how we played that particular day. Tell us a little bit about our scores on, on Port Marnock, our final day, because all of us were playing the eighth round of golf in a trip. There had to be some mental and physical fatigue for some of us, maybe. Uh, how how do we fare on the scorecard that day, Steve? We,
0: we we averaged. It was one of our better days on average. We shot an 84. Um, but, again, you you shot an 80. You played really, really well that day. And I think as, as John was pointing out, um, you – you, you were getting better every day. You could tell that uh, um, obviously you know what you're doing um, and the more golf you play, the better you got. And, uh, um, uh, and that was very evident. in in all the scores um, we, you know, I said, uh, I, uh, we, we had a little game going for the entire trip where we all put in some cash and um, we set up several metrics. Um, and uh, I, I should say it, that, that Alan, at the end of the eight rounds of golf, won every metric. So he won every bet, basically, we had from um, average lowest score, the most birdies. Alan averaged almost one birdie a round. Uh, he had the fewest doubles um, each round, less than two around, which is very hard to do over there, like you said, when you get in that heather um, you're, you're, you're fighting not just to find your ball, but, you know, to just, you know, you're, you're looking to make a double bogey or worse. Um, and and uh, you also had um, um, the most pars on the trip. So it's just collectively and, and all of that, if you if you looked at the scores after day four or five, um, you weren't in the lead, But after the last three or four rounds, um, your game um, sort of took over. So kudos for that.
2: Well, I kind of figured some stuff out about, you know, what you need to do around the greens over there in terms of putting from so far off the green. Um, You know, on that hole where I hit the the drive in the middle of the fairway, six yards wide, I actually putted from about 30 yards off the green up to about six feet and made it for birdie. So it just took me a while to adjust, and I think everybody needs to understand what's going to be expected of you when you go over there. You're going to have to hit shots you're not used to hitting. And adapt, and that's something that I've always tried to teach my players to do is just adapt. And and that's something that I I was fortunate enough to do a little bit throughout the week is adapt. Um, you, you can you can't express enough how to prepare your game for playing over there because over here in America the fairways are different. Uh, there's more grass on them. They're um, they're softer. The irrigation over here is is a little bit. I think overused, and sometimes the conditions are a little plush. And when you get over there, things are a little more barren and a little bit more rugged and a little firmer. And you just have to play different shots. You have to run the ball along the ground, and and you can't fly it into the greens and try to spin it and stop it quickly as much over there. So I just had to adapt, and was fortunate enough to do that over time. I, I love the opportunity to go back and do it again. I think everybody feels that way. Um, you say, hey! I think I'll do better next time, and that's that's the beauty of the game of golf, isn't it, guys? You know, I, I'm going to do better next time. No, I think that's a good point, and and
3: actually, that Port Marnock, uh, I I remember looking back on that course. I, I do remember your drive uh, on that hole, uh, and as you say, I think where you where you ended up was probably six or seven yards wide, which is, I mean, that's you know, that's twenty feet wide, and you hit it about three twenty. And you had 30, 40 yards to the green. But I remember the, the putt from the fairway uh, as much as the drive because it, it's not easy putting 10, 20, 30 yards off of a green uh, and, and trying to to get the distance down. Um, maybe, the, maybe the line is a little bit easier, but the distance down. And that's something that you – that Alan did better than any of us did as the week went on. I never got comfortable with it. I know John never got comfortable with it. And and you, the last three or four days, as Steve said, your scores improved. And it was mainly because you figured out how to take that putter from 10 yards off a of green, 30, 40 feet off the of green, and get it up within three or four or five feet to make the next putt. And that was that was pretty impressive because you had never played over there before. I had – and I just kind of forgot how important that was in your overall score to be able to do this. you said adapting adapting is something that you did better than any of us so.
2: well there's definitely there's definitely i'm not I appreciate that that's very kind of you guys to say but I, I tell you something about Irish golf and this is just an interesting thought for me. Yes, you can adapt uh, you can make adjustments, but there's still a luck component involved. <laughs> Uh, in every shot you hit over there. The bounce along the ground is just as much an Irish luck thing. Uh, And and some days you get good bounces and some days you don't. That's part of the game. Um, But, yeah, I felt that that overall um, we all played great golf. We all played very similarly. And we could go over there next week and and all of us play rounds of golf and it could turn out differently as it will. Because that's the game of golf. Um, but the ball is just gonna, when it's on the ground and it's touching the ground so much, the ground has more control over it than the golfer uh, at times. And so you're gonna get good bounces and you're gonna get bad bounces. And that's the fun of the game. And that's part of the challenge that we're all dealing with. So we don't get emotionally wrapped up into how the ball turned out, you know. And uh, the beauty of this trip for me was that we wanna do it again. We all want to go back. We all want to go together and and do it again. And and that's I, I think it's a beautiful thing. Um. Well, well,
3: Alan, Alan, I do want to say a couple of things about you know playing over there and actually playing in general. Uh, I've never been one to once I once I finish a round of golf, I try not to go back and and go through the rounds that much. But once I got back from Ireland, I thought about the way I had played. Because I, you know, I, you always want to play better, but there's some things that, you know, just think, just going through the conversation today that I think when you do go play in Ireland or Scotland or, I mean, even here in the U.S., uh, you know, there's a few things that you really need to to work on as much as you do your swing and all that stuff. You need to, as Johnny said several times, you, you, you've got to hit the ball in the fairways. Uh, the the rough over there. Uh, And the rough this trip I thought was a lot harder than the trip uh, several years ago because I think they've had a lot more rain over there this year than they normally get. It's been warmer. So the rough was thicker. It was more grown up. It was a lot harder to hit out of. Sometimes when I watch the British Open or I watch the European Tour, these guys can hit it in, in rough that's a foot high, and they can go in there and hit it out of it It's because it's it's dry. And it's kind of wispy. Uh, this rough was really thick and, and and damp and wet, and and you could not control the ball at all. Even if you could get the club on it, you could not control the ball on it. So that's one thing that I I took back. I should have hit a lot more, you know, three four woods off the tees, uh, even on four hundred yard plus par fours, just to get it in the short grass. You know, the other thing is once you get it in the short grass hitting into these greens you're much better off being short than you are hitting it on the greens and bouncing it over the greens you have a much better chance of getting up and down for par than you do if you hit it long once you hit it long it can go it can go over the green into some into some real heavy rough or if you pull it or push it it's just going to go down hills and, and and end up no telling where uh, I I do wish that I'd aim more at the fat side of the greens, not even looked at the pin. Uh, you know, I, I wish that I had practiced putting from the fringe in the U.S. before before I went over there a lot more because I generally chip a lot over here uh, from the fringe. Even if I'm two or three or four feet off, I chip a lot over there. You really need to putt it, and and I'm not very good at it, and I realized that coming back as well. And the only other the only other thing that I thought about my swing was I usually swing at 85, 90%, maybe even hundred percent. You really need to swing at about 75% over there because Mm -hmm. the, the spin as you alluded to earlier, the spin on the ball with the wind behind you or into the wind, you need to learn to hit that 70, 75% swing to reduce the spin. I think, I think you'll, you'll catch, you'll gain two or three or four strokes a day if you can figure out how to do that. And, and like I say, practice it before you go over there. Uh, so those are the few things that, that I thought about when I got back as I was thinking about how I could have played better and how I could have beaten Allen if I had <laughs> done those things, but I did not do them. So we're definitely going to go back again and and, yeah. and give it, give it another shot.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I love those statements and every one of them, uh you're spot on van because that's what the game requires over there is to is to play it lower with less spin, lower speeds. And uh it's a big adaptation for us as American golfers going over there and learning how to play those shots. It was it was fun. It was a fun challenge for me for sure, and I can't wait to go back. Um, you know, as we look at the end of our our journey, we we get out of there guys and uh and, uh you know, what else can be said? We had eight magnificent golf courses. We had great food. We had great fun. We had great memories. We come back better people, better friends, better golfers, uh, better visionaries of how we can improve our games. Uh, what else can be said about that trip? But uh, I can't wait to do it again. And I know it's it's probably time to wrap our show up. We've gone over a little bit. Some of you guys are busy and probably need to get on with your day. But uh, let's go through a, a couple of final comments from each of you. I'll start with John. And John, just give us some final thoughts and things that you take away from this trip, and uh, and what can you share with our listeners about this experience. The I guess
1: my biggest concern going over there. I'm a fair weather golfer. It was an interesting experience to i mean the first five days were phenomenal i could go if if i could have that weather every time i go i would be i'd fine. being exposed to what we were the last three days gave me a taste of what it is and while it's a challenge it's still it's still incredible and to be able to spend time with friends and you know we'd go out to dinner we you know we we spent a lot of time together got to know people that that we didn't know as well i mean in this case I didn't know you at all. I knew Steve just a little bit from having met him at the lake. And Van, I've known for a long time, and I got to know him even better. So this type of a trip is really a bonding thing for me. I mean, golf is awesome, uh, but the bonding that you get out of it, I think, makes it
2: that much more worthwhile. Yeah, very good. And, Steve, how about yourself? What are some final thoughts from your side know, of this trip?
0: Something we touched on very early on. Um, um, and, I, and I think it's probably worth emphasizing, you know, we only stayed what three different places. Um, so we were in Killarney for five days and it was a good home base. And I mean, I highly recommend that to people. And it's something that, that, you know, kudos to Van for structuring our trip this way. It did cause us to drive a little more, but, but it's certainly much easier to, to drive an hour than it is to pack up load your van up move again so you know i highly recommend trying to stay sort of central you know centrally uh, locate um during your trip because it's much better to stay fewer places and drive a little bit more than it is to pick up and move every day i would hate yeah. to do that um so van uh organized this trip perfectly i thought that way um i i also i had been to ireland before had never spent time in dublin so it was quite a treat to fly in and out of dublin and sort of even base out of there on our, on the front end the back end of the trip um that's something i certainly would want to do again as you know as well as probably uh spending a little more time in northern ireland and in the belfast area um but you know it was a, a great trip um and um you know you guys almost made uh the golf sort of secondary to be able to spend time with you so um it was a blast and i
2: look forward to do it again with you guys likewise i really feel the same way and van yourself final final comments on a a trip well played by van fletcher uh kudos to you buddy what are your final thoughts on this journey that you you put together for us all well, I mean, everyone said it. I mean,
3: the golf is amazing. The the views are incredible. Uh, the the actual scores are never what we want them to be. Um, but as I get older uh, and, you know, and realize that my best scoring golf days are, are probably behind me or definitely behind me, uh, Just just the experience and And I don't don't have the experience of hanging out with with guys. And, you know, a couple of you guys don't live near me and I don't see you very often. But just I just enjoyed the whole the whole experience of hanging out, playing beautiful golf courses, uh, eating some great dinners, the food, you know, the Guinness at the end of the day. Um, uh, I came back. I I wasn't tired. I wasn't exhausted. I, I was really just refreshed. Just mentally, uh, you know. Besides my golf game, which I, I, I'm, I'm working on, I learned some things as I mentioned about my golf game that I'm that I that I am working on already. That'll make me a better golfer, you know. And I want to do it again. I don't want to wait another ten or fifteen years to go back. I'm not going to. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll definitely start working on another trip soon. I, I loved everything about it.
2: Fantastic. Well, I' tell you guys, uh, I would send uh, my sentiments parallel each of your sentiments. It was a very special trip. I want to thank my wife uh, for giving me the, the privilege to go. She's very selfless in that. she let me do this. Uh, she'll probably never spend the kind of money that I spent on this trip going, so I have to say that. Uh, I want to thank Van for inviting me and giving me the opportunity to join you guys. On a trip of a lifetime, and uh, until next time, guys, I want to say I love all of you. I can't wait to play golf with you. I can't wait to see you. Uh, all the best to you and your families. And in in the future, let's look forward to more birdies and pars uh, on the journey of life and golf. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. That ends our show today for the forecast. And I'm your host, Alan Burton. I look forward to next time when we'll have someone on that's hopefully going to share some insights to the game of golf and recommend you take a journey of a lifetime. Enjoy. See you next time, guys.